Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. And this is episode five. Uh, my name is Angela. My name is Pam. And my name is Edwin. Uh, so yeah, we're kind of excited today. So mixing things up. Um, but let's get started, Pam. You were looking at a show well, this week I was kind of not feeling well, so I was kind of playing couch pe- couch potato. Binge watching. Well, yeah, so I have a few streaming services that I could watch. I actually checked out the Roku channel, which not a lot of people turn to. But I was able to support classics like Blue Hawaii. I love me some Elvis. Mm. And wow. Little Shop of Horrors. We're going back in time. Yep, Little Shop of Horrors. I love me some musicals and alien plants. But (laughs) alien plants. Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feed me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I think the one movie that that really got me curious, and I'm actually glad that I gave it a shot. It it was a British movie show. Uh, it's called Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel. It stars Chris O'Dodd to all the... Um, he is half of the IT crowd. He's the guy with the curly hair. He's... he's yes. Oh, Moss. Ma- no, 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 not Moss. No. Moss. The other guy. The one with anger issues. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. The guy who goes, now, excuse me, are you from... The, the Irish guy. Excuse me, are you from the past? <laughs> And yeah, so it stars him and then two other British dudes I I don't know and Anna Ferris. So what happens is that there as what every British bloke movie starts out with three blokes in the bar and they meet up with Anna Ferris and she happens to be a time traveler and they got got caught up in all this time traveling shenanigans and it was surprisingly entertaining i didn't know what to expect of it so if you're a fan of british comedies like me i see i say it's worth checking it out um it is available on on some streaming services i i was watching it through hbo but it looks like it's available on amazon prime too so well i can't wait i love me some british comedy so and I love me some time travel. And it's actually, yeah, it's Angela Safe. So yes, it's Angela Safe. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's worth checking out. Sweet. Definitely. And speaking of time travel, I did some pseudo time traveling myself this weekend. I went to the Renaissance Festival with a friend of mine. It was so much fun. Um, they had, <clears throat> excuse me, an unaffiliated group decided to. Uh, set up an unofficial Lord of the Rings weekend this last weekend. So it was, it was great. There was a guy there with a really, really impressive Smeagol costume. I mean, really impressive. Like he he had his head shaved bald and then had some little strands of hair like glued (laughs) to his head. That's cool. Yeah, it it was really impressive. He even did the voice and and like actual Smeagol posing. It was great. Did you uh, did you dress up? I wish I could, but I uh. could not find my. You Lord dressed of, up a little bit. A little bit, but I couldn't find my actual like Lord of the Rings Renaissance Festival 
appropriate costume pieces. They've gone missing in the in our last move. Which which, which character would? I would have just been a hobbit. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I I have, I have a female hobbit costume somewhere, but I can't find it. No. I know it made me sad. I weep. But you have like was, a half cape on. You have. Like oh yeah, I had my little cape. Like I, I had my. On, yeah, I had a kind of dress on, on. I had my boots. That's yeah, so, cool. so I did yeah. have a sort of costume. You were like I me my... every time I go to the Renaissance Festival. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the Renaissance Festival, and I don't like to dress. Yeah, I had my parasol. So... Um, <laughs> the one thing I didn't have though was my sunscreen. <laughs> that is the most vital part of any of my costumes. Yeah. Yeah, and especially that day. That was like, oh, it was sunny. Sunny. It's, it's, it's a very sunny day, and I am also very pasty. <laughs> well, I used to be also very pasty. I'm a little on the pink side. Are you a lobster? My, well, on select portions. I had my parasol, so my face was mostly protected. So you can't really see much sunburn on my face anymore. I mean, it's it's but been several days. Yeah, I'm still sunburned, but most of my sunburn is right around the dress neckline. And, oh, it's peeling now, and it's itchy and horrible. <laughs> People, vera. don't forget. Do not forget the sunscreen. Yes, aloe vera is my friend now. I'm a, I had some aloe gel, and I accidentally left it at work. So um, I apologize now to my aloe plant. It must be sacrificed. <laughs> at least some of its Death. leaves. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Very desperate measures. times and very desperate measures. Uh, no wonder my plant is homicidal. Yeah, the thing I brought back from the Philippines at like 99.9% <laughs> that's, aloe. That's, that's what I accidentally left at work. Is that what you... <sighs> I've been... Dude, I've been putting that stuff on my sunburn like every hour whenever I... This is what Tommy gets back from work. It's like a <laughs> little bit. And <laughs> like, I'm scraping it off of my fingers like a... Like trying to get like last last bits of it off. <laughs> hey, Jillian sent that for me. I know. Don't you forget that. I know. Hi, Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using it very very thoroughly, <laughs> and so is Edwin apparently. Edwin, <sighs> did you get sunburned? No, he I didn't. didn't he didn't oh. go with me. Oh. I didn't go. But he has been sunburned before. I know, unbelievable. The but thing about the thing about the Renaissance Festival for me is that it's on. It's at the same place. I've been there a bunch of times, and every time I go, there isn't really anything new. Oh, no, that's that's kind of the charm of it. Is like you know what to expect, you know what shows you like, and you only really it's, see them once a year. I think it's more of a tradition. It's yeah, a tradition. Yeah, this year there uh, were yeah. actually some new food stands. I think there were probably people who were hoping to get into the state fair but didn't quite make it in, mm-hmm. or or some traveling vendors. Who really can't get into the state fair because they're not, you know, Minnesota yeah. based. But even that, it's almost practically impossible to get into the state fair as yeah. a vendor these days because there's there's a waiting list. Yeah. So But yeah, from what I understand though, um, I believe this may be the Renaissance Festival's last year at that location. Um Listeners, if you happen to know different details for fact, please drop yeah. us a line or a tweet and, and let us know. Um, we have an email address now. Um, we've Our email address is... Uh, Dungeon Dinings 
at gmail.com. No, it's Dungeon Diners. You, Dungeon you, Diners. Dungeon Diners at gmail.com. That's our, we will we will we'll have it posted on our website. Hold on, I want to find Facebook out right now. Hold and on. Everything. Hold on. I want to find out right now because it's on my phone. Yeah. It will still be on our our Facebook page. Dungeon Diners at gmail.com. That's Dungeon Diners at gmail.com. So, yeah, if you've got more information on what's going on with the Minnesota Renaissance Festival and its location situation, please, please, please email us because I really, really want to know. I'm hearing so many mixed messages in terms of, like, if they're leaving or not. It's almost like a, should I stay or should I go? (laughs) I mean, what is it? What is it? If I stay, there will be trouble. Pretty much. If I go, there will be double. Is that big hole still there? It's gotten bigger. So basically, the Renaissance <laughs> Festival is just gonna you. Like, you basically right if, if you're going through the King's Gate at the Renaissance Festival, you basically walk down into a giant pit, which is the sandstone quarry, and then you have to climb up out of the giant pit. It's quite a hike and a half. And oh if God. your feet are re- terrible, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a difficult hike to get from parking to do- to entrance. Um, yeah, but yeah, I was I was there. I was looking at all the props and all the gizmos and doodads and costume pieces while I was there, and it was fantastic, and I loved it. And uh, speaking of props, you were doing some research this week. Yeah, I'm in the market for a, I'm in the market for a 3D printer, and you know, this is the thing I really, when I shop for something that's that's um, of significance in terms of money, I will research the crap out of it. I know this for fact. And but then I'll look at. I do the biggest mistake. I go on the internet, I look for the thing, like, ooh, top 10, top 10 3D printers on YouTube or whatever website that happens to have this list on, and I read it, and then I go look at the comments, and people there... They argue about it. It's the internet. And I keep... Sometimes I forget it's the internet, where they sit there, and people have tribes, and they have tribes, they go and say, no, mine is the best. No, mine is the best. Oh, you don't have a Creality? Oh, how dare you? Oh, why did you get a Dremel? Dremels are like $1,000. You just wasted your money. It's like that. And I'm just like, stop. So I go ask my friends. Jeff, Pam's husband. He has one. He has one. He's got a Creality Ender 3 Pro. So I was looking at that. And that intrigued me. I have another friend at work, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. And <laughs> um, and he's talking about his CR, uh, his CR10. And both of them are good. Both of them are made are are made from the same company. And now I'm to the point where it's like, which one do I get? Which one do I get? You know. So I'm like, in my head, and I've got like this. He- just this like war going on in my head right yeah, now. And, Which one I get? And 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 you do this every time you're you've got to make a purchase, and it gets to the point of sometimes you're like finally decisive on something like, 
okay, I'm going to do the thing, I'm going to do the thing, and I'm going to be happy with it. And then you do the thing, you you make your purchase. And I find these and small little things that's small, wrong with it. Yeah, just little nitpicky <laughs> things like, you you did this with a pair of headphones. You you read all the reviews and like, oh, these ones are the best. These are these are this, and they have this and this. And you, you're like, okay, this is the one I'm going to get. And then you buy them. And I'm like, Edwin, are you sure that's the one you want? Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely sure. And then you go and spend the money. And the next thing I know, you're like, Angela, these headphones are tinny. They're tinny. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? They're tinny. I still remember those headphones, too. I was so mad. Those were the, those were the Clips S9s, and they were like the highest rated. Everywhere I went, even CNET was talking about how hot, awesome they were. And I put them on, and it's like, like I, like where's the bass? <laughs> yeah, you, you were like, where's the bass? Why is it so tinny? Are I there, don't like these. Are there any places that you could go to to see these printers in like action? In, in action. In reality, I don't know where. Like, and then there's some that are like, like a uh, um, micro center. Maybe they have it, but then they're not the ones that. I think it's a different brand for. that they've got set up for demo yeah. there. I know they have a monoprice there, but then people are like telling me that monoprice have is too small. Mm. So I don't know, but it's between right now. It's between the Creality Ender Three Pro or the Creality CR Ten. You know, it's actually so. I I I Peru. My husband peruses uh, YouTube videos for 3D printing hints and tutorials and everything, and it and 3D printing has gotten steam. So it's I'm actually surprised that there is no like kiosk at the mall. That's or just 3D printers. See, for think, 3D printing, and I think that that would help boost sales. I think it's I think 3D printing is still to the point where it's a little intimidating. And because there's a lot of like, unless you're buying like a like a two thousand dollar printer that does auto leveling, and the extruders are you know are like so great that they never clog up. And because all the reviews I see on 3D printers, it's like people are having a tough time leveling it. People understand the concept of leveling it. And what happens if you don't do it? And you know, so they go. So when they see a 3D printer, it looks so cool and it has like this like satisfaction when you're seeing it do it. But then when it takes like between, you know, like in anywhere between three hours to three days to print something and it just, and then by the time it's in the middle of it and it looks like crap because your leveling is off, right? it just, I mean... Well, Edwin, what is, why do you want a 3D printer? Well, Edwin's, what would you use it on? Ed, Edwin's actually got some custom projects that he wants to yeah. make that, like, the, he's got a, he built me a computer, and he's wanting to make some, some uh, custom parts on it to make it look cool, but also to help. Like I think keep the cables inside it better in order. Yeah, and I've got a lot. I got all sorts of yeah. projects. Okay, so yeah. nothing for so parts of it is for 
uh, organization and customization purposes for yeah. devices that we have. But see, if he gets that, then I'm stealing it and I'm using it for like Dungeons and Dragons props, uh, monsters, okay, so and walls. This, and this audience is why Angela said, yes, let's get a 3D printer. And we've, we've, <laughs> well, we've, we've been looking at them for a while and, and yeah, now it's like, well, it's going to be quite useful I, at this point. I think what you guys need to focus on is why you're getting a 3D printer, because at the end of the day, it, you won't need a huge printer because you're not printing large and that's Classic. the that's the thing too the, is that the custom parts that Edwin is wanting to make are going to need to be quite sizable. Like, yeah. well, define sizable because I know people that do three D printing for like props for cosplay. Like he's he's needing. Okay. Yeah, like I think you were wanting some pieces that were like over eight inches wide and would function better as a single piece. Okay, yeah, I'm... things like that. I mean, like the CR10's got a bigger. I mean, it's bigger than the Android. 3, yeah, which if but... if we have to settle for something that's smaller, then you know we'll figure out a way to glue it together. Okay, because with... I don't know how many times my thumb has hovered over the buy button on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> keep it on your list. I mean, just keep it in mind. Oh yeah, it's I on mean, the wish list. Just Most yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, 3D printing has been taking up steam. It is. The makerspace yeah. is just blown up. I mean, I think most of my the people who I know in my in you know in the tech circles they either have one an Arduino somewhere in their in their drawer, or a Raspberry Pi somewhere in their drawer, or even both, or even many. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, that actually reminds me of something that we learned of today. So let's switch over to OMG Shut Up and Listen. That is the purpose of this meeting, ladies and gentlemen, for a nationwide campaign by you to demand by law such compulsory education. Okay, so we learned through one of Edwin's uh, co-workers and one of our listeners. What's the name of that listener? Oh, this yeah. is from Rob. Um, a little plug to Rob. He does a Twitch stream called uh, Rob Monkey Shines. Monkey Shines? Yep, Rob Monkey Shines Productions. He's a Twitch streamer. He plays all sorts of video games. Um, he gave this one to me um, while he was listening to one of our podcasts about Dungeons, um, uh, of, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And he showed me this one time at work called tailspire and oh my gosh if anybody's known if people play dungeons and dragons on like virtually anything like roll d like sort of like roll roll 20. roll 20.net where you don't have to be in the same room which if if you're having a hard time scheduling or if your group suddenly yeah. gets scattered that is that that is an excellent way to get your group together especially if like the weekend you want to play, like, oh, yeah, oh, but I'm going to be over in this place. I'm not going to be busy that day, but I'm going to be way far away, and I can't. Yeah. yeah. So that would make an easy way for them to remote into a game, or, or like, if it's just, like, like, one of our groups, half of the group can't 
exactly make that drive every time we want to play. So we we half the group remotes and the other half gets together and we play just on roll twenty. Yep. With, yeah. And the thing is, is what once you play things like roll twenty dot net, you'll notice one big thing. It's just a grid on a web browser with tokens uh and which can be players themselves um npc players uh monsters whatever and buildings it's a top down perspective so it's all flat it's 2d and there's there's some limits to it yeah and there's limits to it um setting up an entire campaign on it i mean you have to be dedicated um you know, trying to find maps, trying or drawing your own maps. It's, I mean, I've played with Roll Twenty for a while now, and it's, it sometimes is a chore just to get things set up. Um, and there's this uh, company. Uh, there was this uh, Kickstarter called Tailspire, and what they've created is a Dungeons and Dragons or any tabletop game that that has to do with grids. And they made it 3D. So it's not just little a little grid with some images kind of painted on there and little flat tokens. These are actually like you can have a multi-story building with props inside it and 3D models wandering around it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. This is beautiful. Like... Like it looks like you're playing a vi- like video game graphics, um, and everything's 3D. The buildings look beautiful. The terrain looks beautiful. Even the dice roll is in there. That's 3D. Um, I'm like I'm just looking at that. I was like, when is this coming out? Because I want to try it. I was actually looking that up early. Um, they, I think, are working on finishing up alpha testing, but they will soon be opening up beta testing from what I see in February 2020. And um, early access for the actual game itself is aiming, it's aimed at uh, April 2020. So that's that's within a year's got, that's, that's within a year. Um, they are fully funded. They're working out bugs and getting it to playable um are there, are there add-ons so they, that's something i don't know about. they're working that out actually i i went looking on looking on the details um it's not a free-to-play one it looks like it's going to probably be 20 25 dollars in the u.s that um, to me is worth it i mean yeah because and, this looks yeah this looks gorgeous and they're they're gonna try to put it across across as many distribution methods as they can, like Steam and other distributors. But um, they are looking at making like a subscription to where you can get new models as they're released because they're going to be constantly adding new models and, and like yeah, new I... props, new monsters and all that. They're going to be yeah. pretty much constantly working on that. They're going to have... Um, mods available and means to modify things and they're they may possibly um try to make it possible for you to import 
a custom model See, from an outside source. Because one of the things about Roll20 that a lot of people flocked to it was because you could create your own tokens. Yeah. You can import them. You can create your own maps yeah, and, and import them. And they're they're saying that they're they're going to try to make it possible for people to import their own 3D models into their game. Yeah. Or 3D models that they purchase from other sources. They haven't worked out exactly how they're going to do that. And they're saying that, you know, if you're going to do that, please make sure you follow the terms of service of wherever you're acquiring your 3D model from. Yeah. Because, guys, these... The people making their 3D models, if if that's the only way they make their money is by creating 3D models. So, you know, support your artists. Yes. Support your artists. Support your artists. Um, but yeah, the, they're going to have those options available. And I imagine they're probably going to have, like, it's, it's possible that they'll have different sets of subscription um, for different types of things that you might want to get later. Like if you're strictly interested in adding more monsters to your campaign, they, it's possible that they could set up a monster subscription. Or if you're just always interested in the character models, then they may have one that's just character models. I don't know. We'll have to look for more info. In, we'll have to look for more information on that as it gets closer to the release. Now, I can't wait. I, know, I really want to try this out. It's exciting. Because, oh my gosh, anybody who's playing D&D out there, anybody who, is, who played in Roll20, check this out because it will blow your mind if you like. I mean, this puts together video games and tabletop together. Definitely. Okay. Now, Edwin, speaking of games, you had a question for this week for Let Me Tell You a Thing. Is that really a thing? Hey, what do you mean by that, Brack? Okay, so a little background here. I have an acquaintance. He's one of my, you know, he's one of my friends who are really into games like Pokemon and Wizards Unite. And it led me to the question of freemium games. Mainly that, is it really a thing that people pay a ton of money to play these games and they're freemium right but i'm hearing more and more that people are paying hundreds of dollars My sometimes thousands of dollars okay can you can you explain to me and possibly the rest of the audience the, you t- use the term freemium. Okay. So freemium is like, okay, Pokemon, Go, uh, and Wizards Unite. Um, there's plenty of other games out there. One of the first ones that I can remember that was that was freemium was that, that the really Tiny. Was... Are you talking the one that I played for a little while? Yeah, like Tiny, po- like was a Tiny Tower. Uh, also, there's one that um, I think kind of blew up beyond what people expected there's one that was called um game of war yeah game of war that blew up that was the first one i know that people were paying a ton of money for 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 virtual currency 
basically what freemium means is the game itself is free to play. Okay. You, yeah. you get the whole game experience. You don't really have any restrictions in the game except, you know, what naturally occurs. Like, yeah. Yeah. But they're in, in real time. Currency. Yeah. In real, they're real time. They have real time things where it's like, okay, you wait this amount of time. But you have the option of making microtransactions to speed things up, to get more resources. And in, like, Game of War, yes, free to play, pay to win. Yeah, it was pay to win. Yeah. So, but even like, even if it's not, not even that, like, it's not just like, like microtransactions, but some of, some of the games that I've seen is like hundred dollar like, transactions for game resources. Yeah. Like game resources. Right. Yeah. And it's like, like, is it really like, is this a, like a thing? Like, I'm sort of like, wow. Like I can't, like, imagine. Here's... I, and let me, let me, let me get it. Let me get it straight. Let me look at myself straight here. Is that I support, you know, support developers. Speaking as an IT guy and especially the indie amateur ones. developer myself, support your de- your developers. Mm-hmm. Short, you know. Yeah, like mm-hmm. especially these the small indie games. Definitely, you know, yeah. they're definitely worth supporting. Now, here's here's kind of what it is. Um, Pretty sure it's a psychology thing. Psychologists and, and other guys. I am not a psychologist myself. I only took a class once because it was required. Um, but it's kind of one of those things like you... I know personally, I tend to get a little obsessed with games when I play them. I don't spend money on the free games just because I don't want to spend money on things where it's like, this is free. I'm not spending money on a free thing. I get ads. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna pose this to, to Pam, because <laughs> I know Pam. <laughs> I know Pam has clicked you, the buy <laughs> button on these games before. You mentioned Wizards Unite, and immediately you got me in your grasp. Yes, <laughs> yes, I admit I did pay for extra energy, uh, max. For Wizards Unite. And yes, I did that first day. I am not ashamed of that. However... What, ma- what made you do it? Uh, addiction. <laughs> and it's that addiction. whole... It's that whole, oh my god, this is so This is so fun. I want, I want to do it as much as I can. This is so fun. This is getting me out and about and everything. I could not see any downfall to it. And then... And well, well, now I still play it. There are times when I do get addicted to it, but I think, I think for me, the whole micro transactions there is that whole downfall, because there is another game that I play on my on my phone. It's one of those puzzle quests thing, and I I played that for years now. And I always tell myself, you know, it's not as fun as it used to be. It kind of died down. I should probably stop playing it altogether. But then I look back at all those times when I did put in money. I'm kind of guilted into being stuck playing it. And I think that's what they aim for. See, that's like if you do it once. Then it's fine. I'm fine with that because if you really like the game and you're, you know, if you do it once, you're supporting your your, your devs. Please note, I have not paid any more towards wizards unite 
I am not addicted to it. <laughs> but I know there's people out there that, that I mean, I've heard stories where kids with their parents' credit cards will... Now, see, that know, the, the that kids thing. doing then, it... The, I thought it was just the kids, but now I'm hearing, like, adults doing it. But I hear the thing well, with the kids is the kids don't don't may not fully understand the value of money just yeah, yet. Kids, you know, yeah. parents parents are always like, you need to learn the value of money, and yeah, yeah. A kids a kids brain does not know why it's bad. Why it's bad that you continue to do this? There, adult brains we know we understand responsibility, and that there most is of a, us that there that the, there is an importance of a limit. <laughs> Now, I I have heard back when I was playing Game of War, um, I did hear about people who spent like tens of thousands of dollars on that game. Now, part of that was um, trying to ease frustration with the game. Because, you know, Game of War, you were basically fighting other players in the game yeah it was a pvp and, yeah so it, it was player versus player and there were people who would sink a little money in that to make their armies march a little faster to get a little more resources to protect their city a little bit longer from an incoming army um and basically the only way to defeat that person spending money is to spend a little money for yourself mm-hmm. And then they would occasionally like combine servers to have massive server wars, and holy cow, that blew up so fast! It's like, okay, well, if you win the, if this server wins, then you get this in-game resource prize. Yeah. Oh, it's it's and, like an in-game weird version of an auction. No, it's it's where you're trying to out, you're putting money towards yourself, but in a way you're trying to. It's supposed to be strategy. Yeah, it's like you're paying for stuff in the game to better yourself to be another thing for another another server. And then, which leads to the other guy putting in more money for his gear. And so, in a way, it's more of the whole who can who can like who can improve their their uh, their war or their army or whatever quicker quicker and. Who has the most money? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it was like sometimes that. It's that. I think, and, I think it's more like. And sometimes it was more like gambling. Yeah. Like yeah. who's yeah. who? Who can make the better bet? Like who can? Oh. Like like a hand of poker. <laughs> I, like who can? Who can? Who can play their cards better? And it's. I guess. Well, also this this brings up the topic it, of loot boxes too because. Oh, are, are you talking like loot creator? Loot box? What? Wait, what? Loot loot boxes? Like there were like you could buy a loot box and it would give you like split like rare items like rare or... items and stuff like that for games. It's I never actually paid for. A loot Is box. it? It would you say that it's still it's still a form of a microtransaction? Uh, I would say so, but that's I mean that's that's gambling. Because yeah, you have no idea. Game. I mean, you have no idea what's going to be in those loot boxes. Right. Rather than like, if you had paid, hey, I would have paid ten dollars or for how many coins to get this thing that I actually need. You know what you're getting. Well, at least you know what you're getting. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So basically, it's 
partly it's it's paying to feed an addiction partly it's probably that and and i don't want to say that but because i'm not a psychotic no for for me if i started if i started paying for those microtransactions in a free game i know i would be like well, I could just spend a couple more dollars on this. I could spend a couple more dollars. I could play it just a little. More. I I know for me it would be feeding an addiction. I think I think we, I think we should all take a note just to realize this is just with any other addiction. If you're yeah. in yeah. past over your head, please seek help. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. If 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 you're going way too far with yeah. it, it's time to recognize it and seek help. Otherwise, if, if it's just a thing like, yeah, I've got a weekend, eh, I'll just play this game for the weekend and then I'm done. It is very important to love yourself. So too. I remember, and there's going to be people out there like, well, you know, it's like, what's, what's the difference between that and like paying for MMOs and paying stuff into MMOs and doing that whole deal with like auctions and live auctions and real auctions mm. and all that stuff. For, for one thing... Paying real money for in-game things, if it's not coming directly from the game, if you're if you're paying real money for someone to give you in-game currency, that's usually against terms of service. Um, and if you get caught doing that, you could yeah. get banned from the game. Um, if you are paying the game for in-game things, that's basically paying for add-ons to customize your game for yourself. Do you remember the game their entire economy got screwed up because of that are, are you a- talking aeon, aeon. oh aeon. my god i remember aeon remember that? <laughs> yeah. yes oh gosh and they isn't had it, isn't it still free to play but up to a certain level i think or I is that no or idea. is that another game I, that might be another i have game. no idea but i still remember but, that i remember like wait a minute how much does a thing cost oh yeah, yeah they're housing <laughs> if you want to afford a mansion Oh it my. was insane. Yeah, it, it was um, so that was so messed up. That yeah, was the reason I think, why I stopped playing was because it was oh, like I stopped playing because of the community. Uh, I didn't kind of like yeah. it. Ugh. But yeah, I do. I do I see think that. The, the art of it was beautiful, but uh, you get to fly. Yeah, I I did like that part. <laughs> um, but yeah, we should probably move on from games. If you, have, if you have anything to games. add. Yeah, if you have anything to add, again, uh, email us at dungeondiners at gmail.com. Dungeondiners at gmail.com. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're... If you have any complaints, you can forward that to Pam. <laughs> or, oh, no, <laughs> Hashtag, I do not have an addiction. <laughs> anyway. All right, so um, yeah, we went to... A new place to eat. We were kind of excited about that. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about where we went to eat. But regardless of the style or type of restaurant, they all have one thing in common, and that is the serving of food. It's still fresh, but I'll take only what I need. They've got to last. All right. Now, this this uh, last weekend, what... When did we go again? We went on Saturday, right after I got back sunburned and frisky <laughs> yeah. from the Renaissance Festival. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right after Renaissance um, Festival. We went to Lat 14 uh, 
Asian Bistro. This I was think. the one yeah, that we this missed. Was in, this was in Golden Valley. Uh, yeah. We were trying to go there, but it was too packed. It was way too yeah. packed. So we went to Bucharest and we right. we and we should uh, presented that in last uh, in the last episode. And this time we actually went to Lat 14. I, I remembered to make our reservations. Angela remembered to make the reservations. We got in, but the thing that impressed that surprised me the most, it was a Saturday night and there was parking. <laughs> well, no. you have to remember it was eight o'clock. We yeah, but it was still usually a Saturday later. Night. Usually later. Oh, <laughs> I don't I don't know uh, when most people eat. But and you remember it's summertime. We, we've got other stuff going on with like State Fair and Renfest yeah, there's, too. There's a lot going That's on. That's true. So, but State Fair wasn't happening when we went, was it? No, it was. It was going. I think. I think it started. Yeah, oh. it, it had I already started. started. Um, but yeah, it there wasn't much parking. We were we were actually lucky. I was looking at the rest of the parking lot as you were driving through, and I was noticing like that one that was straight ahead. That was like the only spot that was open. There were Edwin. a couple ones on the, the, the side, but I saw the one that was straight ahead, but there was a bunch of them on the... There were not that many. But mind <laughs> you, the, you could tell how good this restaurant was. It was yeah. still a small a small building with a small parking lot, but it was packed. It yeah. was packed. And in fact, it was so packed, um, we were about ready to record, and we realized that there was no way we were going to record very well in there. It was too noisy. Yeah. yeah, too much noise. So we we took our notes. We asked our questions. Um, by the way, if you go to Lat 14... Make and a you're... reservation. What's that? Make a reservation. Yeah, make a reservation. Definitely make a reservation. Um, we actually had a really, really awesome server. Her name was colleen oh, um, she was great she was great she was incredibly helpful and very eager to answer yeah. questions especially like <laughs> what once i asked my first question i think she had it figured out that we were there for the first time because she, oh. she yeah she was very eager to ask que- answer questions yep. she made sure we didn't have any other questions that might have been lingering and she was very quick to make sure we had water. You can say that. that her charisma was high. Oh, she had a very high oh. charisma score. I think she topped at like a plus 10. Yeah, it's, she must be a bard. <laughs> She's got to be a bard. She's got to be a bard. <laughs> okay. But here's, you know, the one thing that, I, that really impressed me the most was that I don't know what was up with me, but I was just drinking water like I was. And she yeah, just got she back kept your desk. water she glass. Just kept, she, she just kept yeah. filling up my I think, glass. I think I, I think I asked you, are are you a human or a water buffalo? Yeah. <laughs> you did. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't the fact that any of your dish was spicy. It wasn't. You were just thirsty. I was just thirsty, and she kept filling up my glass. Yeah, I was, was just like sometimes I go to a restaurant. And they let your glass empty. Oh and my that's... god! But you and they're like, eh, but you eh. did. You guys did order a special drink. I did. Um. Well, before we get to the food, I do want to uh, talk about what the decor was like. Um, the inside was very trendy. Had a little bit of uh, industrial minimalist uh, feel to it. It. It was a trend. Yeah, it it was very trendy. It only had a little bit of Cambodian Thai imagery, and it was kind of dark. It was mostly Cambodian Thai to, imagery. To, to us two Filipinos, we were a little disappointed in yeah. that. Where was um, the big spoon, big fork? I'm sorry. Um, if you're going to go lat 14, 
hey, the island that I'm from in the Philippines was on latitude 14 and I didn't see a big big spoon. (laughs) Come on. Also, um, rant over. <laughs> yeah, and Jeff looked over at the bar and he did comment that it looked like it was a full bar. Um, but yeah, so I did get a special drink. It was coconut juice. I actually, I don't think they actually did anything to that coconut other than cut it open. But it was very, very fresh. So they must have had a really good source for that. I wish they called it coconut water. It was coconut water. But they called yeah. it like they called it coconut juice. juice. Yeah, but which yeah, is which misleading. It, it kind of misled me. I thought it was like a coconut juice, of like something of their own like, making, kind like of out of a can, kind of thing, or something. But then when it came out, it looked like something that I would have gotten in a restaurant in the Philippines, which was coconut water inside the coconut with all the meat and meat that's still attached within it. And they call that, you know, buco juice. Right? Everybody knows it's coconut water. <laughs> At least call it boko juice. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it it was nice and refreshing, very hydrating after a long, very warm, dehydrating day. So I, I was happy to drink that. Um, Jeff ordered some garlic green beans for us to eat. Um, they were very fresh, very crisp. Um, that was pretty good. Yeah. And Pam, you said you preferred I, them over a certain chain restaurant. Right. Uh, it's just usually with with green beans as a side, it usually comes out over overly cooked. Overcooked yeah. a little over my... This fine. one I, had it had a crunch. It, yeah. it definitely had a crunch. Um, I prefer I do prefer my my green beans just slightly softer, not like super squishy right. soft because, right. but I do prefer mine a little softer but it was still delicious and it, it was it well was seasoned fresh, yeah than oh yeah because when you cook frozen green beans it turns out like the place that we shall not be named <laughs> it's like it's like it's soggy and it's so soft and it's just bathing in oil yeah and these ones were not they... yeah it was very it, it wasn't overpowering the sauce wasn't i think everything complemented yeah, it was yeah. very complimentary. But like I said, for me, it was just a little undercooked for my liking, but it was still very tasty and very good. Okay. Um, then we got some lumpia. For those who have never had lumpia, best version of egg rolls you will ever have. They are Filipino egg rolls, and they're delicious. Um, Edwin, you commented these were Manila-style egg yeah. rolls. As opposed to like Shanghai egg rolls, which is like all meat mm-hmm. in this, it's there's vegetables and so it's made of pork or chicken. I don't Choose know. your protein, yeah. but that's essentially like a meal style, um, like traditional Filipino yeah. meal style. And you were surprised that it wasn't Shanghai style. Yeah, because a lot of Filipinos, every you know, like a lot of the Filipino parties I go to, it's usually Shanghai, yeah. and that's the go-to. Yeah, it's like the go-to because it's easier to make. Mm-hmm. And unless you're my mom. My mom does... Manila style. Her, well, she does. I don't know what she does to hers, but I usually compare every egg roll, every lumpia to my mom's. <laughs> right? Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> and so that's that's the high bar. So you well, gotta, So anybody who's making lumpia, you got to reach that bar. Reach <laughs> that bar. 
And this one was, they did things right. They used Menlo wrapper, right? Don't you dare use that. Wonton that wrapper. That wonton, what the heck is that wrapper, you know? Mm-hmm. And they fold, the, the thing was, it was thin. It was long. It was long and thin, which was weird because, Pam, what are they usually? <laughs> quite the opposite of They're that. Quite the opposite. <laughs> Short and fat. Short right. and fat. And so it was, it's, I was like, oh, well, look, <laughs> they were long. Nevertheless, they were tasty and they had oh, chili sauce. Yeah, that You were sauce. almost offended at the oh. lumpia because you, dip, you dipped it in that sauce and you're like, why does this have a kick to it? Why? And you were so offended. It was too much and, of a kick. and then you realized, what? oh, it's just the sauce because then you had it without oh, the sauce. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was the a, sauce, it was sauce that had the, the kick. kick. Yeah, I was just like, oh, what I, are they I doing love, making kind of, egg roll spicy? Yeah. But it was just the sauce. Yeah. Oh, I love I loved the sauce. The, the sauce was delicious. It's just Edwin was offended when he thought that they made the egg rolls spicy. <laughs> well, this is Edwin's pride right here. It's a Filipino dish. Okay. You have to, you you have have to, to do be, it right. I you mean, have to, it's like, to me, me if you're gonna do a filipino dish right it's almost like how you know like you better do it right yeah don't you dare go all the way left field with this thing it's like to me it feels like don't you dare like completely put your own book in the bible kind of thing but, <laughs> you know but, like, okay. don't they but they did do, do it right they did do it right they did they put the 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 highlight the what do you call it the they put all the right things in this egg roll and i can safely say it was lumpia okay so we should probably talk about our dishes just real briefly um edwin look up the name of yours because i cannot remember what the name of oh, your you dish was with too many syllables yeah um, <laughs> or too many vowels too many vowels yes have you had the steak laab yes i had the steak laab um i didn't know what to expect um certainly wasn't that well I, i'm not gonna say that it was terrible but um there weren't any expectations to meet is what i'm saying um so what it is is a steak it it was cooked but i wasn't prepared for it to appear red is what i'm is, is what i'm trying to say it's cooked but it was red and i usually like all my steak very well well done, done. <laughs> um it was usually it was served like over a veggie kind of like a slaw kind of thing. Um, it was kind of too salty for my taste, but it still tasted good with a side of a sticky white rice that I ordered. Um, the meat was the meat was chewy, which 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 is fine for me. I don't know about others, but it was actually fine for me. Um, I, I tasted your sticky rice, and I think that was probably either Lao or Thai-style sticky rice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, the steak la'a by itself, yeah, it, it was okay. But I liked how it went well with that sticky white rice. Yeah. Um, I had what was called jubong. Um, that had a kick. That was... Uh, that was kind of a variation of fried rice, I think. Is I, that 
was it was that yeah, their it was, spiciest item it was one of their spicier items i think that probably was the spiciest item okay. they had on the menu it definitely had a kick that hit at the back of the throat um it had a uh i think it was a sunny side up egg or it might have been an oh i think it was sunny side up egg that was on top and basically you break the yolk and mix that egg in um so it was it was very hearty and it, it comes with option you have the options of adding other proteins in it but i went for the the very basic one and it's uh had pork floss on it which basically looks like carpet it's not the most appetizing food it's not the most appetizing looking thing in the world but it was still very tasty i i liked it quite a bit um and then i got a little side of spicy tofu which for me was it it was kind of sweet after having eaten my other dish yeah i i stole a piece in fact i didn't think it was spicy at all uh, and you also were saying that it seemed a little dry to you yeah it seemed it, a bit dry yeah um edwin did you find the name of your dish no i don't even think it's <laughs> well, on the menu here i see it's like it was okay yeah it, it had a very long name with many many syllables i can't i can't the thing i mean it looked very intriguing to me yeah because i couldn't pronounce it nor would i even attempt to pronounce it all i <laughs> yeah. remember was that it had a lot of vowels um, yeah well it was it was a cambodian, was cambodian um food. coconut coconut curry yeah type food it served in a bowl and did you have rice too no, this was it had uh it had uh rice noodles. noodles. In yeah. fact, oh I think this might be it right here. Uh can you just spell it out or something? No, it's lots yeah. of words. Num A-A. Num Ban Chuck and dot dot dot. <laughs> it won't show the whole item on they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't fit it in the in the preview so i'm not even gonna do it but cambodian rice noodles snow crab fish gravy uh i came with a salad so um the only thing i remember from it it was a coconut yeah you... it was a coconut curry with Oh yes, there it is. Um, These pictures will be appearing on yeah. Pam's Instagram. Yes. I don't remember what I wrote about it. Like, what you it you said um, it was Cambodian, so it, it yeah. it's very similar to, to what you've had of Thai well, yeah, cuisine. Yeah, it's like Thai cooking. That like, fish gravy yep. had probably had the hint of liver paste. Maybe it you did. also said that the the spice was very subtle. Mm-hmm. But you you did it wasn't like, as o- it was not nearly as overpowering as your dish. No, it you said it had a little bit of bite to it, but but it was subtle. Yeah. And then there was Jeff's red snapper. Yeah, this one it was oh. basically a a whole fish. Yes. Uh, fried. Yep. And it there was curry sauce. Yeah, just kind over of a red it. curry sauce. Um, the notes that. Well, what Jeff was saying was it was excellent and perfectly cooked. Um, it couldn't be made pretty, so it couldn't you couldn't ruin the flavor for the sake of appearances, and it had so it had to taste good. Um, and Edwin liked the eyeballs. <laughs> okay, you know what? <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Okay, 
I grew up eating weird food. Weird it's food, okay. just like eyeballs on a fish. You did not waste the head. Right. I took the head from Jeff. Because he didn't know how to eat it. He didn't know how to eat it, right? And the best part. You like to eat the cheeks? Yes, because that's the best part. Like, when I ate, when I eat, like, anything, um, any part of any animal, the cheeks is not always going to be the best part. It's yeah. so juicy. It's so flavorful. Oh, my gosh. If anybody knows, like, I mean, watch Andrew Zimmer, which he, what does he usually go for? The head. Because he knows. He knows that it's going to be the most flavorful part. Yeah. And lastly, we got a dessert trio to split because we were all super, super full, but we did want to give the dessert a try. Uh, Pam was too full to even look so, at it. So I videotaped you guys. I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we got the dessert trio, which had a passion fruit pudding, which Jeff hogged after we got our taste of it. Um, <laughs> he like just took the cup. It's like, oh, he, fine. Yeah, he loved it. It... Um, which he's, we decided it was excellent. Uh, it was not overly sweet, which a lot of puddings tend to be. And it had a light tartness. So, yeah, it definitely was not a boring pudding. Um, there was the coconut ice cream, which had nuts and toasted coconut shavings in that it. That was my favorite. Yeah. You, you liked the texture and you liked that you could absolutely taste oh. the coconut in it. Which Pam would not have liked that very much. Not a big fan of coconut. Sorry. Um... <laughs> And then there were salted caramel brownies, which um, we basically agreed that the salted caramel brownies were not super impressive on their own, but they were really, really good when you combine them with the coconut ice cream. Which means that the brownie was just a vehicle. For the ice cream. cream. All right. (laughs) So we determined our our roll of the d20 for these dishes jeff voted it at a 16 pam you said it was a 14 for you because you were not particularly yeah, impressed I th- well the i think it's because i wasn't i didn't know what to expect uh, uh, expect expect for the steak lob so uh, i didn't really enjoy mine <laughs> Um, Edwin, you gave it a 16 because oh, you, yeah. you felt that some of the dishes seemed a little uh, fusion to you. Yeah, it was fusion. I mean, it was like, especially, um, I, I could, anyway, I could tell what they were trying to do with the, um, with Olympia. Especially. Yeah. Like they're trying to make it safe and try to make it like, look, look restaurant style. Yeah. And, yeah. Know, yeah. Anyway. But I decided to give it a 15 for myself. It, it would pretty much pass most checks. Um, but now we need to decide our next restaurant. So, all right, listeners. We came up with a way to decide where we're going next. We want this to be random. So we have a list. And it's growing. And we're hoping to reach 100. Um, but right now we're going to roll... To see which on our list we are going to next. So, Edwin, will you roll the dice, please? 13. What's the 13th item on our list? 
Octofish Bar. Ooh. Okay, I've never heard of this place. Apparently, it's an, <laughs> it's it's as what do you say? It's a seafood place in yeah, St. Paul. Yeah. I hope so. If it's named Octofish so, Bar, so yeah. So it looks. I am particularly excited for this because I am nuts for seafood. So expect to see to try that place on the next episode. I'm excited. Um yeah, that is our food. Uh, but now let's move on to some stories. I have a story for you about the adventure of a D&D character. Now we present the hilarious story of their further adventures. Okay, so the story for this episode, yes, Pepper is in it, but she's not the star of this story. No, the star of this story is a fellow named Kenko. Not to be confused with Kenku, which are a race of bird people, but Kenko. Kenko is a rogue fox shifter. Now, in, in their previous adventure with Kenko, um... He and the cleric had been kidnapped by a fellow who I believe is a Rakshasi. Um, Well, they'd been kidnapped and teleported to different locations. And the group that remained were, well, half of us were concerned. Pepper was determined that they should find their companions but had no idea how to look well Balnor wanted to rush off immediately to find their companions who had gone missing and the their other companion Bilbo the gnomish paladin he thought that was a bad idea considering the most likely place they were going to find them was going to be a certain death well, they had a, they had looked at Pepper to make decisions. Guys, never make your bard be the decision maker. It's usually not going to end well. But they had agreed that they would continue on their adventures and just keep their ears to the ground for clues on where they could go. Well, they had just made this decision when they'd gotten their first lead. There was a teleport circle just outside of their base of operations. So back homeward they go. And they follow their lead and fight monsters and fight their way into the second level of hell, basically. And, well, that didn't go too well. They found themselves in prison there. And while they were in the prison, uh, Kenko decided he wanted to make friends with the neighboring prisoners to see what they could expect. Well, one of the neighboring prisoners was a fellow by the name of uh, Maglublia. I'm, gonna pro- I'm pronouncing that badly, but Maglublia. Well, Pepper wasn't entirely sure who that was. I mean, she'd heard the name before, but she wasn't sure. Kenko however, knew that this was the god of goblins. And the place they were imprisoned 
was actually his own home. Somehow he'd managed to lose it in a game. And he was angry because his pet was being used as a punishment for prisoners, but not by his guidance. Oh, your pet. We're doomed to be uh, fed to your pet, says Kenko. We would hate to harm your, your precious pet. Please tell us, what is this creature? Oh, he's a fearsome beast with large teeth covered in scales a lizard of the fiercest kind oh well what kind of meat does he prefer i would hate to make him sick with any kind of magic oh no no he does not care whether you are magical or mundane he will eat you all the same i see well it it would be such a shame for us not to be introduced properly. Is there any way you can be free? You, where we can get you freed to, uh, to introduce us? Uh, I don't see. I don't see any way how that would be possible. This is uh, this is anti magic. <sighs> As well, our character sat there thinking for a moment, and Pepper was, Pepper did pipe up at that moment. Gee, if only one of us was a rogue and had thieves' tools with which to pick the lock. I'm a rogue. I have thieves' tools. I'm going to pick our locks. Lo and behold, she was able to successfully pick the lock for their prison and then turn to Maglubia's cell and unlock that cage. Well, adventurers, you have my thanks. I must go retrieve my pet. You stay here where it's safe until the screaming ends. Well, Maglulia left us behind, and sure enough, as, as he went into the arena where his pet was kept, Rexy, the screaming began, and clanging and all kinds of horrible noises and screeching from some fearsome beast and eventually the screaming died down so they went into the arena where all kinds of foes laid slain and half eaten and off to the side was a Tyrannosaurus Rex happily munching away at corpses and Maglublia sat at the end of the arena in his throne. Now you have my thanks for for releasing me. But you must be gone. Um before we do go, we're looking for another companion of ours that is supposedly here. Do you know where they are? Your companion? Yes, an elf cleric. I don't know anything about that, but you can have this. And behold, it was our elf cleric. So we were about to pronounce more thanks to him and he says, be gone. And the whole lot of us were teleported back to the surface and back to safety. And that's how we dodged a boss fight. We were supposed to fight that T-Rex and when we started picking locks, the DM was stunned. Yo, John, 
you know, John just was looking at us during that time, and he was just, I could tell that we messed up his story completely. <laughs> I was sitting there going like, like, he was like sitting there like looking through his pages, and it's like, let's run with it. So he just, I mean, one of the things about being a DM is like you really have to be on your feet and try to get the story moving to your, you know, to to the end. Yeah, he does it a is. good job. Of yeah, that. He, he does do a good job, and it 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 was a fun session, and you could tell he was thrown for a loop, but he went with it anyway. And yeah. It was great. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, we have one last little bit of entertainment for you. We are actually going to let's call this fight me. Is it fight me? It's fight me. Okay, well, I I called it something else. Yeah, that's fine. Just... Anyways, here we go. Play the intro. In this coliseum of nerve, two entered, but one leaves. Welcome to the Nerder Girl. My compliments to Edwin for providing the voiceover for that lovely piece of intro. <laughs> we're we're working on getting a professional to give us some fun between Ouch. sessions. Oh, come on, Edwin! I'm that was fun, but to actually keep that, <laughs> I think we should keep that one. But the other ones, with it's nice to have custom things. Anyway, you can edit that out if you want to, Edwin. Um. Anyway, so we are going to debate for your entertainment. Um, which is the better movie, Labyrinth or The Princess Bride? Which one is the better movie, Labyrinth, starring, starring, David Bowie, David Bowie, and Jennifer Connelly. That's what I was trying to remember. Jennifer Connelly, 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 or (laughs) Princess Bride, starring Robin Wright. Carrie Eloise and a bunch of just A-listers. Oh yeah, and the labyrinth has puppets, but don't don't bother <laughs> comparing it to A-listers. It's uh, okay. But they it's they are Jim Meg- Henson. It, it's it is Jim Henson. It is Jim Henson. Jim Henson puppets. Which is puppets. like the patriarchy of <laughs> okay. Let's puppets. let's stop arguing in favor okay. of each other. So here, this movies. is how we're gonna do it. Um, we are going to start with Pam and Pam is going to explain why Labyrinth is better than Princess Bride. Okay. And Edwin will be watching the clock for us on this one. I want to clarify that that this is not exactly best movie ever. It's it's actually the best what was it? 1980s fantasy? 1980s fantasy, yes. Live action. Okay. Okay. So why, pray tell, the Labyrinth must win this debate? You have to think back. So this is a movie that was released back in June of 1986. This was the peak time of Jim Henson's movie production. This this came after The Dark Crystal, following The Muppets. And personally, I think that this is the best usage of his puppetry um you should really see the extent of of the puppets that they used in the fire crew scene 
There were three people per puppet. Uh, the big, huge gate. It was one person, but it was the largest puppet ever. I believe it, was, it stood at like 15 feet. It was very heavy. Um, and yes, I, do, I, do I have to merely mention about David Bowie? Rest in peace. But um, he, he provided, I think, I think he provided all the songs for the, for the uh, movie. There was only one song that he didn't sing, but still, um, it's David Bowie in, in tights. Who can beat that? Um, this was also Jennifer Connelly's big break. Um, she was very, she's a very pretty uh, actress and very smart. I really like her. Um, what I liked about this whole movie, it, it can be watched all ages at any time. It's a timeless classic. Um, I like how it, there were many different uses of media. Not only was it puppets and, uh, human actors and actresses, but they also had CGI tools. A little bit ahead of its time. It wasn't perfect, but it was ahead of its time. Then they did camera tricks with the green, uh, with the green screen. Um, it features a lot of. Uh, I, I I really like the songs. It was, I think, you could say that it was a musical that was not started as a musical. If you get my drift, I like how. It centered around girl power and self-realization. When you watch Sarah's Sarah uh, Sarah's maturity throughout the whole entire movie, I think that that's a beautiful thing. There was also plenty of char character development with um, Hoggle. Um, let's see here. And as a Ravenclaw, I really like the uses of how everything isn't as they seem. Like the fairies, you think they're pretty. No, they bite. That straight path, it ain't a straight path. Um, that's full of- Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Anything I do, I do for you. Is that <laughs> Uh, wrong musical. <laughs> so that, that is part of one of the songs. So was like, that's the only song I remember. <laughs> not like that. It is not, not like, like that. that. That's not Sadly like that. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. move the stars for no one. That was oh my gosh. The tap dancing. <laughs> okay. David Bowie. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> my turn. My turn. My turn. Okay. And here is Angela for Princess Bride. You've got two minutes. Okay. The Princess Bride was uh, done in 1987, and like was mentioned, had. A massive A-list cast. I mean, so many stars and so much awesome, all packed into one film. the The actors were brilliant, and the timing in the in the lines was impeccable. Um, one of the fun things about it is the ridiculous naming conventions like Princess Buttercup and 
the cliffs of insanity, the shrieking eels, the R.O.U.S.'s rodents of unusual size, the things that had names were just given over-the-top ridiculous names, and that, I, I just love that. Um, a lot of the scenes where there's, where it's like action-packed, you know, that, that uh, first sword fight in there, they're having this casual conversation in the middle of their sword fight. Uh, they, they go through other scenes like, okay, la la la, and it's a really intense scene, but they're having this really nonchalant conversation in the middle of it, and I just find that, I, I'm, I find that highly amusing, like, oh, this is nothing out of the ordinary, like, everything amazing that's going on, that's nothing out of the ordinary for them. Um, this, I think, is probably one of the most quotable movies that was produced, especially in, especially in the 80s, probably, probably the most quotable movie of the 80s. If you've never watched The Princess Bride yourself, you've at least heard a Princess Bride quote from someone among them. Marriage. Or if someone starts muttering something is inconceivable. Or you might also have someone say, enough with the rhyming. Enough with the rhyming. I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? That's Princess Bride. There's, it's, it's incredibly quotable. And um, yeah, so much excellent writing. The the dialogue is clever and witty and just perfectly paced. Um, I also very much enjoy the wonderfully choreographed sword fights. It goes through actual... Ding, 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 <sighs> ding, 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 ding. Darn it! I was about to start geeking out about the sword fighting. The sword fighting was great. <laughs> um, so I had I, one question... Uh, to Pam mm. is if you could sum up this sum up Labyrinth and why it is better than Princess Bride in one sentence what would it be? <laughs> I could just use sum it up in two words okay two words David Bowie <laughs> Because, well, do you want me to explain why? Sure. You get one sentence. His songs can be played at any time, and you will know it's from the labyrinth. Okay. I turn to to Angela. What makes Princess Bride better than Labyrinth in one sentence? I want to word this properly. How do I word this? How would Pepper say this? <laughs> the delivery of the lines is perfect in every way. 
Okay. And, and uh, gosh, I don't, know, I don't know how to do this. I've never debated before. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> okay, so we've heard from two, both sides. And my conclusions are, based on what I've heard, I've watched Labyrinth and I've watched Princess Bride. And the only thing I can think of in Labyrinth, and I, I can't name a single Labyrinth song. What? I can't. Except for that one I tried to to tried to sing. Oh, dude. <laughs> Ahem. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Voodoo? You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. Booyah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be arguing in favor of my opponents. <laughs> and the thing about the Princess Bride is that I grew up with Princess Bride. Um, it was 1987, and the only thing I there's one word that I can I can definitely there's one sentence that I can definitely recite in in um, Princess Bride, and I'm sure everybody knows it. My name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> that is the most memorable, most quoted Princess Bride um, line. Yeah. Right there. And and the other thing that the other thing Edwin, that um, Edwin. What? Result, please. We can geek about this. And then here's no. Oh, I got one more. I got one more. Okay. Right. <laughs> I got one more. Um. The I am when I was watching Stranger Things. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go back to this. I was so glad to see Carrie Eloise working again. <laughs> like That's I right. was, I was so glad it was working again. I was like, oh my gosh, whatever happened to that dude? And now we he's, know he's he's, been, he's still acting. He's yeah, the he's, he's, he's the villain. <laughs> oh, he's in season he's, three. He's had a lot more. Like in um. He was in Ella Enchanted as the bad guy. He oh, that's was true. in the first Saw movie. I never saw Saw. That's not Angela appropriate. No. So. <laughs> so Okay, can I geek out about the sword fighting now? So <laughs> in my in my conclusion, I would have to go if I had to watch a movie and I had between Labyrinth and Princess Bride, I would have to go with Princess Bride. Hooray! Just because I've I've you so got your own biased bias in this. So you're too. biased. No, like yes, I you would. Are. <laughs> the thing is, remember what I said about Labyrinth when you were watching it, Angela? No. <laughs> when when Angela was watching Labyrinth one day, I couldn't watch it, and there's only there's a reason why I couldn't watch it. It was because of David Bowie. Edwin, you came into this. And you this call video. yourself a music lover? You, no. You call is, yourself an unbiased no, no, moderator? No, 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 no. I like David. Bo I like David Bowie. Send your complaints music. to DungeonDivers <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I like David Bowie. I like his music. One of my favorite David Bowie songs is Heroes. Right. It's mm -hmm. not about his music. It's not. It was his acting. <clears throat> 
in the sh- in the movie and his dancing. <laughs> I was like, oh my well, god. Well, you do realize that it was a musical. He was supposed to sing. And that was and the dance. other thing. What do they think about musicals, Angela? You Edward? are not a musical person. <laughs> I and I okay, chose considering... this knowing that you would not choose the labyrinth. I still went with it anyway because I'm sorry, I think I think <laughs> okay. labyrinth is so, the highlight. So if you have your own if you have your own um, opinions and if you'd like to voice out which one's your favorite, please email us at dungeonnyers at gmail.com. Or you can... I'm one of the only voices in this, uh, but feel free to uh, comment on our iTunes page. Or our Google Google Play or Spotify. We would love to hear comments on. We also Labyrinth. have a Facebook page now. And Facebook. For uh, we're at we're on Facebook as Legend Creator Studio. That is our studio name. We're working with that. Um, but yeah, leave us a comment there to mm-hmm. give us what you think would be the better results. Can I geek out about the sword fighting now? Yes, yeah, you may geek out about the sword fighting. Oh, it's such beautiful sword fighting. I mean, they choreographed it like an actual duel would go, you know, testing the opponent's strengths. You're kind of gauging what their skills are and what their moves are. And then they get into the real sword fighting. And at the end, it's like, you know, Inigo Montoya is like, kill me quickly. And Wesley, you know, the man in black, he says, I would sooner break a stained glass window. They, they, they respected each other's skill. Like I, I can't take you out of the, this world. You're too much of an artist. But I can't have you following me. So clunk. <sighs> I can only wish that Olympic fencing was that intense. Was like that. Yeah, because I, because it's 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 theater yeah. fencing what they're doing. Well, it's only partly theater fencing. Yeah, but because they they did they did study some actual sword fighting for oh yeah. it. Who was but... that guy who did? Who was like the number one like theater? Oh, I can't. Number one like like I can't fencing remember instructor his... like something Anderson Rob Anderson I think something I could be wrong. like that. Yeah, yeah. Like he was like he was the go to guy if you wanted a sword fight in, in, yeah. in your movies, and. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you know but who, it was theater? I mean, do you know who the choreographer choreographer was in um, the labyrinth? Who? 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 Doctor Crusher in Star Trek. No way. What? Yeah, she is a she Dr. is a choreographer. Yeah, <laughs> Cheryl McFadden is her choreographer name, and I believe she goes as Gates McFadden when she's acting. She wow, was the I did choreographer. Not know that. That's great. <laughs> that is incredible. Wow. Do you want a, one more piece? Yes, of please. The baby that grew up, Toby. Yes. He grew up. He's still working, I believe, for Jim Henson. He started up his own productions called uh, Stri- uh, Stripity Pajama Productions, and he helped produce both Dark Crystal movies. Wow. Even the, the one that's coming out? Right? Even the one that's coming out. He had a hand in that. Wow. Yep. Still stuck with Jim Henson all these years later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't want and, to work for Jim Henson. Okay. <laughs> and for our listeners, just so you know, this debate was really, really hard for me because I love both movies so very, very much, and I honestly cannot pick a favorite between them because they are that fantastic. Ooh, there was one thing that Labyrinth had that does not have to deal with musical or David Bowie, 
Or puppets? Well, not really. They had farting, farting rock noises. I love the farting rock. In the bogs. <laughs> the yeah, bog of eternal stench. The bog of eternal stench when Ludo went across and it was long fart sounds. And then when Ambrosius with Sir Didymus on, it was just little itty bitty farting sounds. I guess to some it can be musical, but. <laughs> All right. Well, again. Um, okay. We'd like to hear what you think uh, between <laughs> these two movies. Um, please comment on our numerous places iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, our Facebook page as well. And if you are, find us on SoundCloud too. So thanks again, everyone, for joining us. This has been episode five of Dungeons Diners and Dorks. You can find us on our Twitter feeds. Uh, I am at Pleasant Doom. I am Panda Cat Dragon One on Twitter. I'm Edwin at T Cities. No, Alfios at T Cities Edwin. Yes. On Twitter, um, I'm gonna get that right eventually. one of these days. Uh, we, you can find us on Facebook with uh, Legend Creator Studios. And again, if you want to email us, feel free to drop us a line at uh, DungeonDiners at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye.